What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. My name is Jacob Cooker, but my friends call me Cub, and you should too. Every day on the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast, we discuss faith, spirituality, and the realms of paranormal. Today is no different. I've got a great episode for you. The Parable of Enoch and the Future Lot of the Wicked and the Righteous. Now, this is an interesting episode here because I am going to read directly from the very first part of the book of Enoch, the parable of Enoch on the future lot of the wicked and the righteous. It is a concept found in certain apocryphal and pseudepigraphal texts, particularly within the book of Enoch, also known as one Enoch. This parable is attributed to Enoch, a biblical figure who, according to the book of Genesis, was the great-grandfather of Noah. Now, uh, this all ties to the Sumerian mythology I've been talking about. Um, yesterday, I was reading the Epic of Atrahasis. The Epic of Atrahasis is the flood narrative that you hear within the biblical canon. But Noah is Atrahasis in this, which uh, means he's an exceedingly wise. What's up, Mike? How are you doing, my friend? Chrissy, welcome. Thank you for being here. Uh, Ice Fantas, how are you doing? Crazy Mama, how are you? Uh, Cardona, thanks for being here. Cray Ray, what's up? Frank, what's up? My brother, MH3, welcome. Circle Split, thanks for being here. Amora. So as we get into this, again, this is uh, an open chat. I'll answer questions the best I can as we go. I've got three different screens going, not to mention what I'm reading. So lots of stuff going on, so bear with me here, but I'll do my best to jump on your question um and if the comments happen a lot and i missed your question just drop it again and i'll try to uh make sure i grab it so we're going to be reading from the book of enoch here um in chapter one so this is also known as one enoch or first enoch and if you've never heard of this uh juve the groove how are you doing my friend andrew king welcome brother um so this the book of enoch is one of my favorites um, in fact, when I was in, of, of college age, I say in college, I was in community college. Spoiler alert, I'm not a scholar. Uh, I'm just a YouTuber. I'm a TikToker. I'm a Facebooker, an Instagrammer, um, a podcaster, if you will. Um, when I realized that I could fail doing what I hated, I might as well do what I love. Um, and maybe have a chance of succeeding with it. And uh, I got to tell you, God, the universe source certainly delivers um, mysterious ways, right? Um, and so here I am doing this thing, right? Um, exploring the supernatural every day. I absolutely love it. I'm super thankful to all of our patrons who help make it possible. I'll talk about that more later. Uh, but this book for me, I started reading it in college. Um, I believe it was my brother who gave me a printed version of it. He printed it off the internet in this like stapled together mess of papers, right? And I remember opening it up and going, wait, what is this? And going, there's a lot here. There's a lot here. Um, in fact, there's a lot here that makes me question what's in here what's in the Bible. Um, and you can't see that because it's off screen on one of them. But this is what I was, I was born and raised to believe, uh, to beat on, you know, all the things. And uh, you guys know, if you watch my channel, I'm deconstructed at this point. Um, but I'm also very, very interested in what the Bible has to say, not from a religious standpoint, not from a fear-based standpoint, and certainly not from a judgment standpoint for anyone. Uh, but I do find it interesting because there's so many mythologies in here that are culturally adopted from a point of view, mixed together, tied together, and ultimately used uh, to keep a whole mess of people busy worrying about what's in here rather than trying to connect the dots between what's in here and everything else that came before it and try to understand a larger narrative. Because to me, that larger narrative is the most important narrative, right? Um, how does it all fit together, right? So uh, Gloria loves Shalom says, so what is my faith now? Um, my faith now is I'm a meist. Um, and I don't even think that's a thing. Maybe one of these days I'll start my own religion. I don't know. 
uh, or my own church or whatever, you know, but um, that's not really my goal. My goal is I want to be a content creator. People are always so obsessed with what's your religion and, and no uh, all respect to you, my friend, Gloria. Um, but why do I have to have a faith beyond I believe in an all pervading creator? I believe I'm the son of that creator and I believe I am no different from you. The illusion that you and I are different is a vibrational setting that we have within this matrix, and we're all the same. Um, in fact, not just all the same, we are literally one being, and that being is the literal child of God. You see uh, the source of the Father when you look up at the sun, that quantum heat and energy that bakes the earth every day and literally uh, penetrates the earth and gives life to Mother Gaia. It's a relationship here. This is where the, the divine feminine and the divine masculine come in. You have this, the energy from the sun. It penetrates the earth. The earth bears life. It gives birth to life continually because of that unity, that yoking, that yoga that goes on between the sun and the earth. Um, and then we are the child of that. Literally, we are the created from that. And we have that within us. So we can literally manifest with that. And it's, it's, a, it's a crazy, crazy feeling when you get that. And so I'm, I'm more of a feeling-based, not emotion-based, because emotions will lie to you. We should be in control of our emotions. We should tweak and craft our emotions to play the game better. Um, I believe we're in a game, in a matrix, in a simulation. And that is for either fun or for the game, or uh, to escape, or to win, or whatever you choose to view it as. Um, for me, it's a whole lot of fun. And the more I have fun with it, the more successful I become within it. That's what I'm, I'm interested in. And I'm not just talking success on paper. I'm talking connections, fulfillment, um, knowing that I'm in that flow, knowing that I'm like in unity with that divine force within me, to the point where whatever I'm thinking and feeling and speaking is, is literally being created before me. When you become the creator because you're the son or the daughter of the creator, like then there's, there's nothing other than your own self in your way. Right? So, I mean, if you ask what my faith is, that's my faith. I'm a little bit Buddhist. I'm a little bit Christian. I'm a little bit Hindu. I'm a little bit um, atheist. I'm a little bit agnostic. I'm a little bit metaphysical. I'm a little bit um, witchcraft. I'm a little bit of all of the traditions and belief systems that I find pieces in that I believe serve the truth that I know to be true within me. When you strip away fear out of that, then you don't, I mean, what are you worried about, right? Like, um, it, again, it's just you in your own way. So um, anyway, so that's kind of where I, uh, that's where I jump off the ledge there. And that's where my channel is not for everybody. And I totally understand that. So there's some people that are looking for, I need to know the concrete belief system. And you're just not going to get that here. My concrete belief system is, is painstaking research, development, testing, practicing, experiencing, and really my life's work um, as an amalgamation here. So uh, let's see. Ryan says, until you come into a sweat lodge, you can't claim spirituality, bro. Uh, come to the res. Let's get you. Um, dude, I would love to come to the reservation. Um, if I ever have an authentic invite, I would love to do that. Um in all due respect, of course, uh, highly respect Native American culture. Um, that is something that has affected my spirituality. I just read a great book on it. That doesn't necessarily qualify me to practice it or anything, but I do find it uh, to be very truthful, very authentic. And uh, I come from a really ancient line of Nordic people um, in the Slavic tradition. And uh, we have green magic, deep earth rooted magic and dark forests and stone tablets and um, northern lights and those type of things so like lots of energetic workers within my family line not so much recently but i think there's a lot of sleeping giants if you will sleeping um uh spiritual practitioners that it's really been bound and hidden through a tradition of uh, and I'm just going to say it, Catholicism has really, really put a binding on spiritual power 
for a lot of people. Christianity as a whole, organized belief systems as a whole. That's why I'm not a big fan of them, because if you can't ask questions and you can't try stuff, how the heck are you ever going to learn? How are you ever going to know what truth is if you're not able to play in that sandbox and discover the, the weirdness of the sandbox we live in, the hollows or the matrix? Frank Lee says, preach, amen. Absolutely, brother. Uh, Y'all go check out what Frank's doing, by the way. Uh, Frank, I love your video, man. Um, you just put out a beautiful video that had your testimony in it. Um, you've got a you've got an incredible heart, my friend. I love that. And I, I wrote that down in my journal the other day, too. My heart is my superpower. Uh, when I can activate that heart um, and keep that heart focused in alignment and literally shining light, I, I actually believe and feel that my heart chakra shines light in front of me. Um, it's always been very attractive for daemons, too, as well. So if you have a lot of light in you, um, if you seek truth deeply, you may notice a lot more demonic activity around you. I proposed a question in a video I shot earlier today. Uh, is the book of Enoch demonic? We're going to talk about that today. Um, if it is, what does that mean? And why you shouldn't be afraid of that whatsoever. Um, the more you study demonology or daemonology, daemon is actually what a demon is. A daemon is an energy, a disembodied energy. It's an uncreated energy. They're intelligent um they're looking for hosts and normally they collect in a collective or a legion of different energies that will attach themselves to someone light workers like myself many people in our community uh know how to transmute them cleanse them cast them out send them back into nature heal them even um a lot of different methods around that however i proposed earlier in a short video what is a demon? Is there a uh, such thing as a good demon? Yeah, absolutely there is. They're called daemons. They're called daemons of light. Uh, daemons of darkness are one thing. So whenever there's a really negative emotion and energy projected, say there's something horrible in history, like an execution or uh, a massacre or um, you know things that mental hospitals or uh, war zones, stuff like that. So you see a lot of that, like hauntings and stuff around like the Civil War. You have this huge discharge of energy and emotional energy. And especially upon the moment someone is unalive, they're leaving a daemon behind. And a lot of times that can be a very negative energy. Um, very rarely in human history do we have uh, daemons of light. Daemons of light are when you have a huge electrostatic uh, pulse of positive energy. You may go to a music festival and experience this, especially like a high vibration, you know, Mother Earth connectivity type festival. That's where you have like people are coming away and they're like, uh, they have all kinds of miraculous things like miraculous healings and uh, visions and all kinds of stuff, even without any kind of substance involved. Uh, and our friend Ryan talking about the sweat lodge. I mean, that's where, you know, a sweat lodge is a place where you can discharge a lot of emotional energy and transmute it into something uh, beautiful. And I don't know everything about that tradition, but um, yeah, absolutely. Ryan, do, uh, Ryan says, dude, there's so much in First Nations culture and spiritual focus that no book can comprehend. Exactly, exactly. There's even a story of zombies, believe it or not. Oh, wow, man. That's awesome. We need to connect, Ryan. Um, a lot of oral passed down in stories and traditions. Ryan, if you're a creator too, definitely connect with me. I'm looking to collab with more creators. Um, but yeah, I always love to hear stories, Any uh, anything you guys experience. And uh, I'm, I learn from everybody in our community. That's why you know a lot of people will come to my channel. What, cite your source. Dude, there's so much knowledge. There's so much knowing that comes from knowing. It's not in a book. It's not in a tradition. True, there's no rule that truth has to be written down in entirety in one book. And, and the idea, I think the fall of humanity genuinely comes from the idea that knowledge comes from anywhere other than within. Anywhere other than within. And when you're in nature and you learn from nature and you experience nature and, and the spirits of nature speak with you the archangels of light present within literal photons of light 
the cities and the clouds, when, when you're interacting with those, you know things that the average person who's trying to read a Bible or something else, they just don't know. Uh, they're going to get it, but it's not, they, they don't understand it on a, on a visceral level, like an experiential level. They're looking at it through, this is what it says, and this is what I'm supposed to believe in order to be saved. And I don't want to go to H-E double toothpick. When you take that out of the narrative, take that out of the narrative, uh, then we have a whole different narrative, guys. And that, that new narrative is a beautiful thing uh, when you experience it. So why is the book of Enoch demonic? Uh, because it's going to deal with um, demons of light, demons of darkness, extraterrestrial entities, and ultimately a lot of spells. And I want to talk about spells because a lot of the things I'm going to read today is not necessarily things I agree with. So when we read stuff, we need to know whether we agree with it or not. That's a really important thing. because As you speak, you create abracadabra, your speaking spell. Uh, Ryan says, it's like our songs. If an elder dies without passing on a song, a spiritual journey is taken and that song comes back. Exactly. Akashic records, psychic information, psychic libraries. Uh, nothing new under the sun, everything that has been, will be, um, all the information. There's no new ideas. Nobody is, nobody has an original idea like Steve jobs and the iPhone, that idea. We literally see these tablets of destiny in the Anunnaki mythologies, thousands and thousands of years ago, talking about up to 500,000 years ago in some of the mythologies that they have tablets of destiny, right? They have little black mirrors. They have quantum computers in their pockets, on their ships, on their crafts that they can, you know, communicate with and get data and run algorithmic um, artificial intelligence uh, scenarios to determine the best outcome for a situation. It's fantastic. By the way, any sufficiently advanced technology would be indistinguishable from magic. So remember that. Uh, and what is the true magic beyond technology? The true magic is nature. The true magic, the true magic is experiencing the spirit of Mother Earth and the power of the cosmic source, the father, uh, the sun. There's a, a father source in every solar system. And we have one in our solar system. Angela says, yes, absolutely. Prayers are spells too. Angela says it's the same thing, different labels. Exactly, exactly um spells same thing in my culture is referred to uh in translation as bad medicine yeah absolutely and so there's a lot of different um interpretations of that again prayers you got to be careful who you pray to because when you say a prayer you're creating an agreement and when you end that prayer with a name a purpose or you're praying to a certain lord you're binding that within that energy a lot of those energies are demonic energies demonic uh, meaning they're tulpas. They are created from our energies. And if you have a very positive energy and you're praying to the Lord of light, um, the, the bringer of light, something like that, um, you're probably going to have a more positive experience. If you're down in the dumps and you've dealt with a lot of unalivement in your life or the passing of a loved one and you're mourning and you're praying something and you're like, you know, God of judgment, have vengeance on the situation or whatever that is, you're going to be creating demonic, dark demonic uh, bindings with that prayer. And people do that and don't even know that. They assume that they're praying to the all one God when there are many, many, many different gods within the Old Testament and within the Book of Enoch and within the Sumerian mythologies. Uh, one of, again, Ryan, uh, native culture is, um, to me, one of the, the pure belief systems because you've got this all-pervading spirit you have the great spirit you know that great spirit has manifested itself through all manner of things but to me the great spirit is literally what jesus was speaking of my father in spirit and in truth uh he was reminding them hey the gods made you why do you think it's so weird that you would be powerful you know um he was saying you got to go to your father in spirit and in truth go to go to him in, in quiet in secret where he dwells you know that it's not like uh a thing coming down out of the stars, you know, so there's, there's maker gods that came from the stars from heaven to earth. And then there's the all pervading creative spirit within all of us, uh, the great spirit, the source. Um, because again, a Lord is something that has a created 
effigy attached to it, like Lord Anki, Lord Enlil, Lord Yahweh, Lord, you know, whatever. Uh, Frank says Hopi prophecy even has some corresponding prophecy similar to Revelation. Oh, absolutely. And we need, I need to do one on Hopi prophecy. There's some fascinating stuff in there. I haven't really touched it because I really want to partner with a native creator um, to do that just because it is um, a culture that I really want to respect. I want to respect all cultures, but um, I think out of the purity of it, for sure, I really want to want to respect it and make sure that I have connection with someone who understands it really well. Tyrone, how are you doing, my friend? Appreciate you. Uh, Corinthians. Uh, you must be a fan of Paul, my friend. I'm not a big fan of Paul's writings, uh, mainly because I think he was a Roman plant um, to kind of organize all the belief systems that were going on into the new direction or their their new uh, their new religion, if you will. Um, if he wasn't a complete Roman plant, then I think that his name has been used quite a bit. Um, and I think that maybe he had some really deep esoteric teachings that have been misinterpreted. Uh, yeah, Frank says, I'll take Barnabas over Paul. Um, da, 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 da. Yeah, Michael, good point. Christianity is based on vicarious atonement. So what does that mean? Uh, one of my friends did a video the other day. Um, if you are expecting someone else to be unalived in your place and you believe you deserve it, then you're literally doing a magic spell to transmute your sins to another innocent individual. That is literally dark blood magic. Um, and we've got to be very careful with the blood of Christ doctrine, uh, because I definitely believe in Christ. I definitely believe in Jesus. In fact, I follow his teachings very closely and you know he said if you love me do that which i which i ask which i say and so why why are we not doing that why do we put all this focus on he very rarely in any of the gospels in fact not at all in the gnostic gospels and there's a lot of evidence that you know matthew mark and luke and john actually were written from things like gospel of thomas because you have this sayings gospel that was written much earlier than Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which were written something like 300 years after the life of Christ. They just pop up. And then you've got Gospel of Thomas and some of the other Gnostic gospels, like 60, 50, 60 years after Jesus. It's like really, really like questionable as to why we have these canonical gospels that have the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. Uh, that they're the gospel truth, whereas why are the sayings of Jesus not the most important thing? Um, you know, it's do as I say type thing, like, right? Like, why not do what he actually said and, and follow that, uh, which is a very yogic belief system. It's a very metaphysical belief system. It's a very quantum God belief system. Uh, it's a very service-based belief system. I don't see how anybody could go wrong following what Jesus actually said, yet you add other people's opinions, OPOs around it, like Paul saying, making all these claims about Jesus. You can literally change. Anybody can go around and say enough things about another person to change everyone's view of that person, and it doesn't make it true that that person. You see it in like you know with high-level celebrities all the time. Some somebody that everybody loves and they can do no wrong. All of a sudden they get involved in some situation and then the media says something and then people say something. And then all of a sudden the public view of that person, their actual identity is changed, even though nothing about them changed. The common agreement about them changed. And so why is that not happening with Jesus? That's where my biggest question comes in there. So uh ryan says it's weird how the similarities between religions i'm just going to bring up y'all's comments here it's weird how the similarities between religious religions are all very similar cursing mannerisms and branches just different tongues and words uh syllabics yeah absolutely my friend and ryan says there's even exorcisms in his culture that's awesome um yeah i mean to me it all ties together we got to understand the core neutral terminologies uh rather than getting hung up on one Point of view of what that looks like and that's where the book of enoch comes in for me uh frank says those beautiful red words right cub thank you very much my friend um angela says i just heard about the jesus's woke book 
and the comments on Amazon are wild. I have not even heard of that. I'm going to have to look that up. Um, anyway, yeah, I'll, I'll go check it out. So uh, what's up with the image? Uh, if you're watching on Facebook and YouTube and, and LinkedIn and Twitter, you're going to see the, this is my version of Enoch uh, with the dragon, the great dragon. Who is the great dragon hidden in plain sight? I believe it's the Lord Yahweh in the Old Testament. Uh, that's not against any culture or belief system or people. It's just my inference from reading the text over and over and over. In fact, studying it to the point of multiple paths in my life were leading me to be a pastor, going through a lot of studies um, to become a pastor at multiple points in multiple traditions. And then I finally kind of woke up and went, wait a minute, there's more here that I can't really explore within the church confines. So, uh, but yeah, God, great old dragon. Uh, the, the Lord Yahweh descending in fire and smoke. Um, you know, again, the great dragon in the book of Revelation. Who is the great dragon? You know, it's literally the archetype of this Yahweh character in the Old Testament. You have this Christ archetype in Revelation coming against this dragon. Uh, well, the dragon's often associated with Satan. Why is the dragon associated with Yahweh in the Old Testament? Why is... Um, why did Jesus tell them you're worshiping Satan because you do you do the will of your father, but I do the will of mine. Um, and he, he told them, like, your father is Satan. And he said that he was a liar and an unaliver from the beginning. And there is no truth in that in him. Guys, he literally said that Jesus literally said that uh, and you find it in your Bible. It's not in like some weird gospel. It's like straight up in your gospels in the Bible. Um and I've heard pastors preach on that, and they twist it so bad. I mean, it's just, it's right there. He's telling them, you don't understand what you're worshiping, um, because he's telling them exactly what the serpent did. The serpent was like, you don't understand. If you eat of this fruit, you'll be like your God, and you won't be unalived. Well, the God didn't unalive them, right? That God just kicked them out of the garden, posted guards at the gates, and ultimately, they went on and had to work and toil, and the ground was cursed and all this stuff. And it's like, oh, that's a really loving God, right? You got people that try to, like, connect. Oh, well, he loved them, but they broke his heart, blah, blah, blah. You know what? Like, a good father can have his heart broken over and over and over, and there's no punishment. There's no, uh, you don't kick someone out and curse the ground for all eternity because they wanted knowledge. Like, that doesn't make any sense. And if you understand the ancient astronaut theory in this, and you understand what we're about to get into with Book of Enoch here, and that Enoch is not necessarily talking to this most high God, this spiritual being. He's talking to some physical deity, some alien God, literally. Uh, and that's what I believe. Uh, you can believe something different, but that's what I believe. Tyrone, good question. I read from a lot of different ones. Um, my favorite one is to go online and actually look up the Strong's on all the words. Um, that's where a lot of my understanding has come from. Um, I like, uh, honestly, there's not a translation of the Bible I like. Because when you start looking up the words, you realize how poor all the translations are at getting that across. They all take a certain point of view. They all replace the actual word like Elohim with a little e. They'll just put God there. And that doesn't, that's not what it means. Literally, in we talked about yesterday, in Genesis 1, it's the council of the gods, the Elohim, that do the creating of humanity. That's not a secret anymore. A pastor will just sit there and uh, essentially lie through their teeth, or they just don't know any better and say, no, that's just God. That, that was God. That was God and his cronies, his helpers. No, no, no. That was a council of extraterrestrial entities that made humanity. I mean, if we're going to take it literally, if you're going to take it figuratively, it was still a bunch of different entities creating humanity. It was not some one singular God. So that's really, you know, we got to start there and understand that. But anyway, that's a good question. So, um, so Tyrone, I'm not big into Hebrew just because it's not, it's not my favorite uh, to study with all of this. I'm big on the Greek as far as what Jesus said. And then I try to look at the ancient mythologies because, and I don't want to get this started here, but I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist around the Hebrew. And uh, I like um, what you would call paleo Hebrew, 
But when you get into the Hebrew language and all of the gematria and all of that, I got into Hebrew roots for a long time. And no offense against anyone that, that is into Hebrew roots or studies that. But to me, I didn't find a lot of fruit there. So I really backed off of that. So, um, but anyway, that's just my opinion. So uh, I've got kind of my wheelhouse that I, I operate in. And that includes Enochian mythology um sumerian mythology uh gnosis lots of gnosticism so uh that's kind of my wheelhouse anyway so um so yeah why the dragon well that's what we're about to look at here so book of enoch the great and holy one will come forth from his dwelling what's what's a dwelling why does god need a dwelling like this is just so weird right off the bat if this is a spiritual entity why does it have a dwelling um, how's it going to tread upon the earth and on Mount Sinai where it came down in fire and smoke? Um, then it says in verse four, he will appear from his camp. Why does God need a camp? Uh, well, because these things would park their ships and camp out basically on the planet, like a, like an away team, right? Um, that's what I believe. Like, like I said, I'm an ancient astronaut theorist. You don't have to believe that way, but uh, there's too many mythologies that have the same types of languages in them. And if we don't look at them in kind of that point of view, I don't really understand what they would mean uh, beyond that. You can take them purely esoterically, but I've seen people go down rabbit holes that you just can't come back from when you get, you know, and you're like, his dwelling is the heart of humanity. And his camp is he's camped out in all the cells of your body. And his strength from the heavens is from your third eye. And like, I don't know. I don't take enough mushrooms, I guess, to to look at it that way. So I don't take any, actually. So uh, maybe maybe that's my problem. I don't know. But I like to look at it a little bit more pragmatically, a little bit more theoretically, and a little bit more scientifically to the point of, if this is true, what I'm reading in Enoch, how would this have happened? How Like, how would this play out in a movie? Because if it can play out in a movie, then for me, it can play out in real life. And that's that's how I have to approach it. And I think the more we learn about science and our cosmos and reality and extraterrestrials, the more plausible this theory becomes. And I think in 100 years, this theory might just be public knowledge, might be um, just the way people are taught. Um, that's my hope anyway, because I do see a lot of truth in it. I do see a lot of that. It answers a lot of the questions and it gives us a, a main narrative, a, a much better narrative to follow. So, yeah, absolutely, Tyrone. I mean, you can take all kinds of stuff and see entities, fractal entities and things behind the veil. And, you know, really for the purposes of today, that's not really what I'm talking about. I am talking about the idea that I think I think Enoch literally saw this thing. I think he literally went up literally saw the ends of the earth and volcanoes and everything. Like it's all, um, it's all in there. So, uh, dead weight says, what about the firmament? Uh, I've talked about that before. Of course, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm kind of ousted in the spiritual community a bit because I actually do believe, uh, in a solar system. Like how, how weird is that? I think that it's the best design. Uh, when you understand spirituality and the Big Bang, and the Big Bang is God, it's it's God having a thought, all things created through that thought, uh, then everything lowers in vibration. You have entities behind the veil, you have entities within the matrix. The matrix is everything within the neural web of God, because that's not necessarily the truth about God. It was a thought of God and became the mind of God. The truth about God is in that uncreated state. It is every possibility and in infamy. Um, and so when you get into that realm, um, like why, why, why not? Right. Like billions of solar systems all with their own source coming directly from the quantum source of God and shining onto the planets, which are the great gods in our own mythologies. And even in the Sumerian mythologies, the great gods are the planets, which have spiritual energy, electromagnetic energy to affect certain things in fact they have intelligence a planet has intelligence our earth mother earth has an intelligence and so um i don't think we're in some dome on a flat rock 
as some petri dish experiments and they've lied to us about the outer rings or something i don't believe that that's just my and if i offend anyone um just remember how you came to your understanding in the first place you had an open mind so have an open mind in my direction too and here's the deal until you can prove it you can't prove it and there's also this crazy phenomenon where we might live on both you might live on a flat earth and i might live on a ball um and how is that possible because we create our own reality and we're all one anyway and whatever shifted reality you want to wake up in you want to wake up in a reality tomorrow where um you know a certain uh food isn't on the shelves you could just manifest that if enough people agree that you know uh bottled water never existed or something something weird like that right and then all of a sudden you don't see it i mean that's what jesus was saying if you have the faith to move a mountain you know you'd move the mountain right and i don't think he, he was like yeah wah, 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 move the mountain i think he's talking about timeline jumping i think he's like the mountain was never there you just rewrote the code of the matrix and in your reality you don't even know a difference that the mountain has been moved that's what i think he was talking about and so that's why i don't get into the argument about the firmament and all the stuff because it doesn't even matter to me. It doesn't matter to understanding this stuff um, because the exploration is the journey. And that's what I, and, and I'm willing to talk about it for sure, but I got people that'll come at me and they're just willing to be unalived on that hill. And it's just not a hill I care to even be on for very long, much less, you know, I don't have anything to go to bat for, if you will, on that hill. So uh great question brandon brandon says uh if the book of enoch was important why did god leave it out of the bible so first off great question my friend god did not write the bible contrary to popular belief literally he did not write the bible he wrote the coding on your heart he wrote the knowledge in your head he wrote your spirit uh the word of god is within you um it's not written on a piece of paper there's no universal law that truth has to be written down in its entirety um in fact i can rock your world my friend go look up the canonization of the bible go look up the timelines the people involved look at their character look at what they did and why they did what they did and then tell me that we still think that the bible is somehow the high holy word of god it's a document of control it's an agreement it's a magical binding agreement uh to twist the truth in my humble opinion i i love the bible because i read it and i understand things in it but i have to put them in their place instead of letting them put me in my place i have authority on the earth i have a birthright as a son of adam as with with the kingdom of god born into me um and i was created by the elohim not to work um and ultimately they broke that they kicked kicked us out cursed the ground here we are we have a birthright we have to remember just like jesus said ye are gods and the scriptures cannot be broken if we're gods, why are we worshiping that which we are? So think about that. Now, there's a difference between worshiping. Worship means enslavement. We're enslaved to a god, whether it's Lord Yahweh, Lord Enlil, Lord Enki, whatever. It's still a lord. It's still something that created us. It's still our brother. It's still our sister. It's still our kin. It's still our forefathers. It's not the father, and it's not the mother the father is the quantum energy source the mother is the wave the holy spirit the ruach the wave that moves that intent and that energy and that potential and it actually takes it in and bears it and gestates it and then births it into the particle which is you and me so that's quantum god theory that i teach um and, I, and it works for me it works for me and i understand it and i live it and i believe it um so anyway that's where i really uh that's where i really take a turn with what most people say about the bible and again i love the bible i respect the bible but i also understand why there's 66 books in it why you have all the pauline doctrine why the book of revelation popped up out of nowhere and all of a sudden it's literally the book of revelation is a channeled book uh just like books like the raw material or dolores canon or uh, course in miracles and you got people all over the world believing book of revelations is the words of jesus and jesus wasn't around them like why are we assuming and then one of the the lines in it is like the punishment for someone that changes the words or even questions it what a convenient thing right 
Um, and so it's just literally a magical binding document. You have to be careful what you agree to when you read things. So, um, God did not have a say whatsoever about which books went in the Bible. Man did. Denny Clark, you win the prize for smartest comment today. I don't know that there is a prize, but, um, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. So, um, I'm going to read a little bit out of this before we jump off, um, before I do, though, I wanted you guys to please consider joining. If you love what I'm doing and you want to support it, join my Mythos Insider community. Begin your supernatural adventure. Um, this is an incredible membership, guys. Um, I just launched this. We had a ton of people join yesterday. Looking forward to another wave of them joining today. Uh, you're going to get access to my private community with a ton of like-minded truth seekers in there. Um, it's away from social media, which is fantastic. Uh, we have virtual meetups every single Saturday, so you can share your experience and connect deeper with me and other people in the community. These are Zoom-style group calls, Saturday, 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. Um, even if you can join once a month, it's totally worth it, guys. It's only seven bucks a month. Nobody's doing it up like this. Uh, for a supporter membership. Um, and then also we've got a brand new bonus content center that I'm calling my secret channel with a little bit longer videos of my regular videos that I produce. Uh, these are up to three minute videos where I really just go into explainer style videos and explain more of what I'm talking about. Uh, so it's not so much for like uh, the public where I'm having to go over a bunch of stuff. I really get to explain. One of our sisters just asked a question, great question about the Bhagavad Gita in the community. And I just shot a video that's going to be going on to the secret channel. Um, and it's it's just a great video kind of decoding in three minutes what the Bhagavad Gita means to me and a great way to look at it and interpret it. So, you know, really cool content like that is a big part of this membership. Only seven bucks a month. Please consider joining. It supports my channel directly. And I promise you to support you um, in your journey. Nobody's doing it up for that price. Scan that QR code right now. If you absolutely love that and you want to go even deeper down the rabbit hole, you can join the Charisma Insider membership, which is just a step up from that. At only 27 bucks a month, you get access to everything I just said. But I also am going to throw in and add on top of that over 500 video lessons and an entire mystery academy where I go over everything from esoterica, different types of magic, how to find your spiritual gifts, mystic powers, all based on the teachings of Jesus. It is my version of a mystery school, and you can jump into that one for only 27 bucks a month. No risk whatsoever. Cancel anytime if you're not feeling it. If you're not vibing, you can cancel anytime. No questions asked. You're in charge of your membership. So thank you guys. Scan that QR code. Love to have you as a member over there. Um, so as I get back into this, I'll leave that QR code up just for anybody interested in that. You can scan it anytime. It's like two clicks and you're checked out um, and you're in. You're in the community. You can go download the community app um, or the course app, depending on which membership you get um, or both of them if you get the top tier membership. So you can do it on your phone, on your computer, on your tablet, wherever you'd like um, at your convenience and your pace. So the parable of Enoch on the future lot of the wicked and righteous. Let me get a drink and clear my palate before I jump into this. So verse one starts out here and it says the words of the blessing of Enoch, wherewithin he blessed the elect and righteous. Now, this is a huge debate point, you know, especially amongst uh, churchgoers, um, a lot more of the dogmatic uh, church traditions. Again, I'm not talking about every church, but I have been to certain churches. Uh, what's up, Molly? What's up, Shelly? I didn't see you guys there. Welcome, my friends. Lots of people in the comments today. So loving it. Um, but this whole idea of the elect and holy and chosen. Uh, guys, this, this has been a debate that's been raging for centuries, um, hundreds of years, maybe even thousands of years. Who's the elect? Who's the chosen? Gets a lot of people heated, a lot of people sideways. And um, right off the bat, we kind of have this book priming for this type of language, this type of understanding. So it's talking about the elect and righteous that are going to be living in the day of tribulation. So already you have these perfect, wonderful people they're living in a day it's going to be really difficult this tribulation if you understand that theology it's the idea that the world gets so difficult and so tough that 
God has to end it again, basically. So uh, when all the wickedness and godless are to be removed. So why is that convenient again for like a, a world order plan? Because, well, if all the good people are gone, then only wickedness will reign, right? Um, and so, again, I take a bit of a different journey mentally with this on why can't we create into the kingdom of heaven here? Why can't we create a unified culture and civilization? Why can't we step up to a level one civilization? Because it's not technology that does that. It's evolution and ascension that does that. Obviously, with that comes the right to bear a lot of higher technologies, but we will never access them with our current lower vibrational state. Um, and so that's really where I believe that we can build a better world, a better society. We don't have to leave this planet to do that. Um, I believe that that it's there. Heaven is here. Uh, the kingdom of God will essentially be created into this reality or uploaded into this reality. And we can usher about that uploading into this reality by manifesting it and planting code in this reality. How do you do that? You give a bottle of water to a homeless person. You go and hug an elderly neighbor that needs some love and comfort. Uh, you go visit your grandma in the hospital. You go um, take a good word to people and tell them the things that give them love and comfort and light and joy. Uh, there's someone that's been trolling me online lately. Tell, he, he literally commented the other day, uh, hope you enjoy barbecue because I don't teach H-E double toothpick doctrine. Uh, what a hateful thing. What a hateful thing. And I mean, my tribe uh, knows that, you know, I love people. I really do. But I am hurt when people treat me that way. It's it's a it's a very, very unfortunate thing. People that profess to love Jesus are often some of the most hateful, mean spirited people, all in the name of I'm trying to get you to not go to hell. But let me create hell on earth for you now. Um, and we are that which we create. So remember that. Remember that next time. If you're on that side of the belief system, if you're trying to save someone, uh, why don't you love them into creating the kingdom of God rather than trying to scare them away from H-E double toothpick? Uh, tactics aside, that's just that it's it just ain't right. Let me say that. Uh, frequency healing. What's up, my friend? Welcome, frequency healing. Uh, one of our new members. Thank you, my friend. Um, Cannot wait to launch the secret channel, by the way. I've been filming videos for it, and I'm going to be uploading a video every day once I kind of pre-upload it with a bunch of stuff. It's going to be launching next week. It looks like uh, uh, kind of my version of a, a private YouTube channel type thing, but it's built into my website. It's going to be built right into the community hub there for everybody to access, and uh, you'll get, like I said, more extended content, uh, bonus videos, behind-the-scenes content, uh, right there built into the hub. So really, really excited about that. Um, but ultimately, guys, this is where the Book of Enoch feeds in so much to this imagery that you get within the biblical canon. Um, and a lot of it's built on a warlord of a, of a god. This warlord is clearly depicted in the Sumerian mythologies. His name is Enlil. He's Lord of the Command. He decided to take ownership of peoples, of resources, of weaponry, um, and ultimately become the Lord of the Command. He was going to command all the armies of the Anunnaki, uh, the lower gods, the humans on the earth. And he didn't like what the humans were doing, and he agreed to just let them perish in a flood. Some versions of the myth... Uh, clearly show where he was actually the one that caused it. Some show that it was actually caused by another planet or another body or a great God coming next to the earth and causing a shift in the polar ice caps and a quickly uh, melting and shifting uh, displacement of water that rushed over the earth. It's actually in antiquity called the Younger Dryas, and uh, it is something that archaeologists are debating, but Graham Hancock has a lot of data on that. I really like his work. Um, so you can go check that out. The Younger Dryas is, is the deluge that we see in the Bible. Um, and so I think we're starting to understand that, you know, it. there's a lot more evidence that it may have actually happened and not just an allegory for humanity having to restart, et cetera, et cetera. So um, personally, I do believe it happened. I live right next to a canyon, Palo Duro Canyon, actually. 
and I can see clearly where the water, you know, could have rushed through there and, and possibly carved that thing out in a matter of days with enough water. And then over time continued to erode and that's where the water goes and that's where the natural valleys move towards. And it, and it kind of gives the illusion that it happened over millions of years when really it could have happened fairly overnight within a, a week or a month, something like that with enough water moving through it to displace that much land mass. Um, and ultimately wash it down to the oceans. Um, and that's actually what we get in all of these mythologies from the Bible, to the Sumerian mythology, Egyptian mythology. Um, it's, it's all over the place. So uh, I find uh, I find it interesting. So urban floral says vote yes on a round earth. Yeah, that's I mean, that's my uh, that's my opinion. I, again, I can't prove it. I'm, I'm little and the earth is pretty big. So. Uh, but as I go up in a plane and I can clearly see the curve, I, I've been over to the ocean before and seen the curve in a plane, in a flat window, not through a camera, you know, I, so I don't know. I've never really questioned that too much, not because I'm dense, but because I've, I've seen enough with my eyes to go, okay. Now I will say on the other side of the argument, there are some math equations that don't line up as far as how a plane would have to to drop or if you shoot a laser over water and it doesn't hit the water at a certain point you know like what's the deal and if you do the math it should curve enough for it to hit the water or whatever again that's over my pay grade but it is interesting so i'm always open to interpretation but personally i'm a globe earth type guy um, because i think it works and it works with the understanding of how the Big Bang worked and the understanding of how Maya works within the Hindu tradition or the matrix works within the Gnostic traditions, um, because all things are kind of exploded from this mind of God. And they're all the cosmology or the makeup of an energetic realm that essentially just got so powerful that it escaped the energetic realm and penetrated the darkness. Uh, and literally that, that verse is in the Bible on the light, uh, penetrated the darkness and the darkness could not comprehend it. And now you have these lower vibrational planets, uh, people, animals, plants, everything that still sings and vibrates of this glory of this energetic realm that is nothing but plasmas and energies and fractal entities and kingdoms of light and just this, this incredible realm. And then we have the gall to think that we're just on a petri dish like that doesn't make sense it does make sense that the best resting state of matter within a vacuum is a ball and that makes sense so that's just where i again i, I study enough science to you know make myself look like a fool i guess but uh, but i do find it fascinating so enough about the earth so uh Theory of singularity. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the Big Bang. I mean, I believe the Big Bang was God breaking into this realm. It was the kingdom, the quantum kingdom breaking into this realm. Um, and because there was so much energy at once, uh, that energy lowers in vibrations and becomes solidified as matter. I mean, we know that from quantum physics. You look at it and everything is just light. Everything's empty space and light, right? I mean, we know that. So it makes a whole lot of sense that this is actually what happens. So, and I don't see how the Big Bang is bogus. It's actually the best description of how any of this exists. And if you understand what the kingdom of God is, it makes sense that the kingdom of God expanded and got so big and so powerful and so beautiful and so full of life and love that it literally exploded into the darkness. I mean, the Bible talks about that, so, and is still expanding. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they say we're moving or expanding. I don't know how they know. I mean, but it is interesting. So, uh, Tommy Money says, I like how Jesus describes the earth in the parable of the tenants in the book of Mark. I would have to look that one up, but uh, I bet it's beautiful. Um, Nothing expands into something. Okay, so that's the common misconception that I understand about the Big Bang. It wasn't nothing. It was the kingdom of God. It was the quantum realm. It was energy. I mean, it literally was light and energy and heat and fire and plasma 
and angelic entities and uh, kingdoms of light and just all of the God sauce expanding. We don't know what happened. You can look into the Gnostic traditions and understand more about that kingdom. If you want to get deep into the metaphysical woo-woo, you can understand it there. But, um, and then I've been breathing, uh, I've been living, says, where did that come from? And that's a great question. Nobody knows. The Gnostic traditions get closer, I think. If you look at the Gospel of Light, things like that, they get closer to trying to understand where the light came from and what the light actually is. Um, it, again, is a bit over my head, but uh, there's some great Gnostic teachers online. For me, I'm looking at what happened from Big Bang on and what does that mean about who we really are? Because we know we're going to return to that light and I can experience it when I get there. But right now, I want to understand what is this three-dimensional experience that we're having? What does that say about us? How do we break that illusion of Maya so we can return to the light? And how do we find that light within us right now? Because even Jesus himself said that it's within you. The light of man is within you. Like the, the light of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. Uh, sounds more like God spoke. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, God speaking could certainly be an allegory for a huge. It's the first sound, right? In a vacuum of emptiness. No light. Like I try to imagine a reality where there's nothing. Just by imagining nothing, you created the Big Bang. You created a thought. That thought has an electrostatic pulse. And in a vacuum, that exponential expansion just it's insanely a creative force. Like, think about that. So uh, Frank says, yes, go within heaven, hell, God, Satan, all exists within. Ding, ding, ding. Frank wins the next. Cheers. Uh, that's water, by the way. I'm a big old water fan. So it's about all I do. Water, tea, and coffee. So. Uh, yes, just like the Hindu creation story, Vishnu heard the word Om. Yes, exactly, exactly. I mean, think about that. As, as soon as you've imagined nothingness, you've imagined something, and that something created light. It created the spark of a neuron. It created the awareness. It created an image of something. That image of something is light, even burned into your uh, ocular sensors or your third eye, and therefore you have created something out of nothing. Like, that's it's insane guys it's so cool i love it so uh yeah quasar star explodes out of the north and south poles a gamma ray across the galaxy yeah i mean you look at uh all of all of the quasars and phasars and phasars are cool they're like fireworks that spin um and i used to be really into all of that stuff it's so hard to grasp because all we can see is an image of it through our telescopes or our sensors and then you have all the other stuff and conspiracies around certain organizations that collect and hold that data but i'm a big fan of the amateur astrologers astronomers excuse me the amateur astronomers that look at this stuff and have the telescopes and record their own data with their own camera systems because you're just seeing these very real images that, you know, they're not doctored up there. This is what some glass and a sensor caught. And I think that's insanely cool. I mean, you think back to Galileo and like the first telescope looking up at the heavens, the first time a magnified image of some of these great gods could be seen. Um, and just realizing that we're not alone and there's so much intelligence. A planet has intelligence. A star has intelligence. You can go stand in the sun and receive light codes that activate your consciousness. And that is a pseudoscience thing for me to say, but go try it. Um, I've experienced the light codes from the sun and just the aware. I had one this morning that I just shared. I've been trying to understand the archetype of father, mother, child, the Holy Trinity, the true Holy Trinity. And I finally realized that every solar system has the exact Holy Trinity in it. You have a, a local star that heats local planets, which are the mothers. They are the energetic vibrational representations made to take in the energy, gestate it, and birth life-giving resources. It's freaking beautiful. Pardon my language. Father, mother, child. I love it. I love it. I love it. And so we literally are the children of the earth. We are... Uh, we're supposed to inherit the earth, guys. We're supposed to be lords of the earth. 
the gods made us. They didn't realize what they did, right? They wanted to make a bunch of workers. You even see that from the Bible. We're supposed to be workers. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, we wake up and realize, well, if you made us, then we share genetic properties with you and we have the same authority as you. So why, why are we worshiping you? And then that creates a whole different paradigm. Then it begs the question, well, who is the true God? Well, the true God is nameless, faceless, unseen. It's a fractal entity made of energy and consciousness and intelligence. It doesn't come to you in a spaceship landing on a mountain delivering a law written in stone. It comes to you in the heart when you're quiet and when you shut down the simulation and you go home to the Big Bang, to the light, to the gnosis of God within you. I love you guys. God bless you. Namaste. Have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for joining. This has been a good episode. I really enjoy the conversation. Great questions and comments today. If I didn't get to yours, Quantum Christ, thanks for being here, my friend. Frank Lee says, preach. Uh, man's on fire. Frank says, thank you, my friend. Please consider joining as a Cub Cooper Supernatural Insider. Exclusive membership perks at www.cubcooper.com. C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R. Dot com. That's the only place you can get access to my uh, private community, to my secret channel, as well as our live virtual meetups every single Saturday. Join me and the rest of our vibrant grassroots community. We love you guys. Thank you for being here. What's up, Benny? How are you? The infinite all. Absolutely. Uh, came in late, but that was great. Mystic Warrior. Thank you, my friend. God bless you. Uh, I appreciate all of you. I love what I do. I love creating content. Go check out my content. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and everywhere else you can find me. Uh, you can find all my official socials at cubcooker.com. And if you join today, um, I will welcome you over there today, even at $7 a month. Either membership you decide to get, you can cancel anytime if you don't love it. But I'm going to give you my free audiobook called God-Given Gifts of Brilliance. I'll give you a download code unique to you. Once you join, we'll reach out to each other through the messaging part of our app. Um, and I'll give you a code where you can go download my audiobook. It's a full audiobook. It's a faith-based audiobook that I wrote in 2020, but it's easily applicable to what I teach now. Um, you can definitely apply your own philosophy on it. It's a beautiful book. It's all about my journey and you finding your spiritual gifts. I lay out frameworks in there. I use real Bible verses and ultimately I empower you to develop who you actually are as a spiritual practitioner, an energetic being and a light worker to go out, bless others and manifest the kingdom of God. It's my gift to you. Uh, like I said, completely for free. If you join today, I'll give you that over there and welcome you this afternoon or this evening. We had so many people join yesterday. I had to post at like midnight because we still have people coming in all day. Um, and I made a post to uh, you know, half a dozen people or whatever. So that was fantastic. Thank you, guys. Um, any update on the one-time payment tier? Quantum Christ says, uh, yeah, we've got a brand new payment system. So um, we've got... Uh, now I do. A, I've been thinking about doing a one-time, like a lifetime access uh, with some one-on-one -on -one stuff, but I haven't launched that yet. I don't even know that I feel called to do one-on-one -on -one really. Um, so, but if you are interested in doing like a yearly tier or something, you can hit me up and and we'll work something out. I just don't have them listed. I just have the two different tiers: seven bucks a month now, which really was the price point where anybody can do it. I mean, it's a cup of coffee, literally. So. There was just really no reason, and that's helped a lot of people that wanted to get in and get all that value, uh, be able to get it without strapping themselves financially. And that was really important to me to not to to show up with a premium perk package for our members, but be at a super affordable level. Um, and so I've got that one, and then I have the twenty seven dollars a month where you get everything, including the academy. So, um, so yeah, those are those are what I have now. But if you have something else in mind. Uh, just message me and uh, we'll figure something out. Like if you do want to do like a, a year or buy two years or something like that, um, we'll work it out because I can do that stuff, especially um, if we make it worth uh, each other's while. So I appreciate you. Uh, love you guys. And really the support means all the world. Um, and I do, uh, we accept PayPal, Google Pay, uh, Apple Pay credit card, debit card, everything on there now, literally everything. If you got it on your, if you have those payments set up, it will appear on the checkout 
and you're good to go. It's the easiest checkout ever. It's like go to the website, boom, click on what you want. It pops up. You drop your info in. If you already have your info saved on your phone, it'll auto-populate. Boom, you're done. I mean, it's like a minute later, you're in. So, uh, And then you're part of our community, and I love you. I love you for that. I'm eternally grateful to everyone who allows me to keep creating content. You guys are the best. I love our tribe. I affectionately call them all our tribe. Molly, namaste. Shelly, namaste. Um, who else do we have in here today from our tribe? I know we had a bunch of uh, people. We had Melissa on earlier. Uh, Ashley was on. Yeah, lots of different people. So thank you, guys. I love you all. Y'all have a beautiful day. God bless. Namaste and peace.